0: So maybe it's a good idea to overcome our our phobia of pondering our departure long enough to ask ourselves, how will I be remembered? I want to come to grips with the truth that our life is not about what we do nearly as much as it is about what we become.
1: As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: I have a question for you this morning, though. When it's your time to depart this earth, how will you be remembered? Not something you ask yourself every day. But this little notice caught my attention this week. Listen to this. We were sorry to hear about the recent passing of Robert Kearns, the man who invented the intermittent windshield wiper. At his funeral, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Then there was. Then there wasn't. Then there was. Okay. Okay. But it did make the little little story did made me make me think. When my time comes, what will they say about me? Referring to his time to go, Dr. James Dobson, he says that he wants this one simple epitaph chiseled on his headstone. I told you I was sick. well, it's pretty, mor- it's pretty normal for most of us to avoid thinking about our eventual demise. I mean, it's just not something we're comfortable talking about. The insecure Woody Allen likes to say, it's, it's not that I'm afraid to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> but the truth is that reflecting on how we will be remembered can be an effective way to examine which direction our life is currently going. You see, it's not likely that we're we're going to be able to fool our family, our friends, or the people that we work with about our true nature. The lives we frequently touch will almost always get a true perception of our character. So maybe it's a good idea to overcome our, our phobia of pondering our departure long enough to ask ourselves, how will I be remembered? Because I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be remembered like the windshield wiper guy. I want to come to grips with the truth that our life is not about what we do, nearly as much as it is about what we become. Well, you might say the more important question to, to ponder is when your time is up is, Where do I go from here? And that's a good point. But if you can get a read on how you will be remembered, you may have already answered the question. So I can honestly say that I don't know yet how I will be remembered. But I have some wonderful role models to strive after. How about how the Philippians remember the Apostle Paul? He's the one who said, for me to live is Christ
1: and to die is gain. Now that
0: is worth remembering.
1: What is in the center of your life today? Stay with Bobby to learn a few steps to keep things balanced with Christ at the center of your life. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. Well, all right. You know, I don't know if you saw
0: this on the news today, but uh, the largest, they're planning on the largest gathering of atheists in history uh, coming together in Washington, D.C. today. Did you know that? The only problem is it's raining in Washington, D.C. this morning. But if there's no God, I guess there's nothing they can pray about. Anyway, they're only expecting about 10% of what they thought. That's too bad. Talk about what's in the center of your life. What's really in the center of your life today? And you know, I don't know about you, but I love Oreo cookies. I heard they're 100 years old now. But if you take the vanilla cream out of the middle of the cookie, it's just not the same. And uh, I've even heard that there are some people who actually take the vanilla cream out and eat it first. Now, you, anybody like that? Wait a minute. You know that's wrong. (laughs) And all I have to say to you if you're doing that, stop it. (laughs) To me, it's just not an Oreo cookie without the cream in the middle. You see, there are some things that are meant to be in order for our lives to make sense and have purpose. And now I'm not talking about Oreo cookies. I'm talking about one of the most basic, easy-to-understand principles in life, and that's about keeping the right thing in the center of our life. The principle that I'm talking about hits us right between the eyes every day. When the sun is dead center in the sky, it's, it's noon, it's midday. When a football team lines up, they look for the center and they line up based on where he goes. The volleyball net's in the middle of the court. The pitcher's mound is in dead center in the infield. A basketball game starts at midcourt. And speaking of basketball, the Dallas Mavericks, who won the World Championship last year, if you may have noticed, they're struggling some this year. They're going to have a hard time repeating as champions. And do you know why? Because they lost their center to another team. It's the center that made the difference. The center is crucial in every walk of life, in science, in math, philosophy. The fact is, we all understand the importance of the center of things. So you have to wonder, why is it so hard for us to grasp how important it is to keep Jesus Christ right in the center of our life? You know, we all know what it's like when Christ isn't firmly planted in the center of our life. Because that's when we make bad choices. That's when we have wrong motives. It's when our life gets out of whack. But guess what? It wasn't Jesus who walked away from the sinner. It was us. The Word says the Lord sticketh closer than a brother. I have brothers. We're pretty close. The Word says the Lord sticks closer. He sticks with us, period. Imagine for a second that Jesus is... Right here, right here in front of me. And whenever he's here, when we keep him right here, he's the same every day. He's, he's our truth. As long as we can keep him in the center, we can operate according to his purpose in our life. And you have to know something. When he's here, he would never walk away from us. Never. But when we step out and away from him, we lose our way. We live an unbalanced and unhealthy life. He's trying to stick close, but we are actually pushing him away. But here's the great thing about the Lord. When we get away from him, it's all us. But the moment we cry for help, the moment we take that first step toward him, he's only as far as he can reach. No matter how far we run, he's only that one step away from us. That's the grace of God in our life. You see, when we get away from the Lord, we're the ones who moved away. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves of the things that we have to do to keep Christ where he belongs in our life because the word says draw close to God and God will draw close to you. First thing we need to do as Christians to be Christ-centered is we have to be honest with God. God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he insists on honesty. None of the great men and women of the Bible were perfect. In fact, they were anything but. They complained, they questioned God, they argued with him, but they were always honest. And the next important thing we have to do is communicate with God. And we do that through prayer, but the Lord desires a relationship with us, and all good relationships involve conversations between two parties. You see, knowing and loving God is our greatest privilege, and being known and loved is God's greatest pleasure. So to know Him is to talk to Him, and to share your thoughts, your problems, your desires. We're taught to pray and then say, Amen. As if to say, I'm going to stop talking to you now, God. We think it means we're supposed to hang up on God. Amen should only be words of affirming his words and his truth. Our conversation with God should never stop. It should be an ongoing dialogue without an amen. And finally, to keep Christ in the center, we need to stand on what he stands for. If you're ever confused or fearful or discouraged about something, just go to the word and find out where Christ stands on this subject. You know, he had a lot to say about everything that you're dealing with today. Relationships, integrity, money, forgiveness. Christ not only takes a stand on these issues, but when you go to the Word, Christ always reveals himself through the wisdom and the power of his Word. No, Jesus was the only perfectly balanced person who ever walked the earth. And that's because he was in the Father and the Father was in him. And the only way that we'll ever have balance in our life is when we keep the Lord in the middle of it. He's not going to leave us. But we have to be honest with him. We have to communicate with him. And we have to stand on the same truth that he does. And when we do that, will not only have Christ in the center where he belongs but we can be like the apostle Paul when he said this this is the passion of God inside of me and you know what else Paul said he said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me will you say that with me I can do
1: all things through Christ strengthens me. It has been said that worry and anxiety are just unbelief in disguise. Up next, learn how to have the peace of God during difficult circumstances. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys and I asked if he had checked on the seat of his car. He had But I handed him my Nebo Tools 2nd Generation Slide King Flashlight then I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools 2nd Generation Slide King Flashlight, an amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. I have a
0: word for you and for me this morning if you're dealing with anxiety in your life. And actually, it's not my word, it's, uh, but it is from the word. It's in Philippians. And uh, here's where the Apostle Paul says this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a great word. Can you say amen? Well, having things that cause anxiety and stress in our life, that, that really can't be prevented. But here's the thing, and here's, here's the test. For us Christians, anxiety and stress is not allowed to stay in our life. It has to go. It's a destructive exercise. In fact, it's been said that worry and anxiety is just unbelief in disguise. Jesus talked about the subject too. Here's what he said. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single day or single hour to his life? And since you can't do this very little thing, then why do you worry about all the rest? This past Friday, we got the call that it was time for baby Jude to be born. So we did all the normal things. We went to the hospital, and we began the vigil that shortly became obvious was going to take quite a while. And while my wife and both daughters were in the delivery room, the rest of us set up shop in the hospital waiting room. Have Anybody done this? Now, beside the fact that waiting for anything very long is not my strong suit, uh, we settled in with a Starbucks and a vending machine around the corner. Uh, We talked until we got tired of talking. Uh, That's because Christy was there. Um. (laughs) We watched six consecutive episodes of Law and Order. One episode of The Closer. But then the anticipation of the birth turned into concern because it was taking so long. And the delivery process went past 24 hours and now it had become worry. Uh, anxiety, and even some fear. And the last few hours of the delivery seemed like an eternity to me. And every parent will understand this, that when your kids are in trouble, it's the most helpless feeling that you can have. At that moment, you'd do anything, you'd give up anything, just to know that they're all right. Well, I'm happy, happy to report today that my daughter, Elise, and the baby are fine. And even though it was a difficult delivery with some very... Scary moments for both of them. I learned later that those in the delivery room with Elise, my wife and my other daughter Ashley, and some of the medical professionals all called out on the Lord for help during this challenging delivery. And you see, as Christians, when we face circumstances that create fear and anxiety in our life, our spiritual instinct should be to do exactly what they did. I wanted to trust God in that situation. I was trying to, but I was frozen in in fear, and my fear got in the way. But thankfully, my wife and daughter were eyewitnesses to the crisis, but they were determined to trust God to see them through it. The situation was completely out of our hands, but the Word teaches us that nothing is too big or too small, that we can't call out to God for help. And the word also tells us that even though we may not know the outcome of the situation, we're still assured of the peace that only God could give us. There's a 19th century evangelist named George Mueller. He once wrote that the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. So when we feel anxiety and fear rising up in us, no matter what kind it is, that's our opportunity to show our faith and trust in God. The Word says, by prayer and petition, that's turning our anxiety over to Him. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus Christ. Worry, anxiety, Fear. These are the greatest tools of the enemy to distract us and to defeat us. But the Word shows us that our faith in God will trump fear and anxiety every time. And God intends for us to use those events in our life to grow and to find peace and joy in the hope of Jesus Christ. So no matter what is causing anxiety in your life today, when you have to wait those two or three days for the lab test results to come in. Or when your bills are due, you don't know how you're going to pay them. Or when, they're, when you hear that they're going to lay people off at your place of work. That's the time. That's the time you have to let your faith rise up in you. And push the worry and the anxiety aside. Because you have the promise of a peace that transcends all understanding through Jesus Christ. And if you'll do that, I promise you, something good will happen. Something good will happen in Jesus' name.